Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, as they said, my name is Floyd, and today we are talking all about peace. Now, I wonder... Oh, this is kind of in the way, isn't it? I'll put it down here for now. So strong. (laughs) All right. I wonder if you consider yourself a peaceful person. Show of hands, who considers themselves a peaceful person? Oh, as a smattering. Not many of us. Hands down. Hands down. Well, good. You're in the right place. We are going to be talking more about that. But whether you aren't or you are are or you aren't... (laughs) um, you're in, you're in good hands today. I have been asked to speak on peace, not once, but twice in the last 12 months. So clearly someone thinks I know something about peace. So we've got the kids in today. And so I've been asked to make this a bit more exciting, a bit more engaging, a bit more interactive. And I thought, okay, we're talking about peace. Let's set the scene a little bit. So I've got some music, if we can cue that up. Oh, isn't that lovely? Birds, so relaxing. So we're just together, all together now, we're going to take a deep breath, okay? Three, two, one, deep breath in. Mm, hold it. Let that out. That's good. We're feeling peaceful. We're feeling relaxed. I think I've got some more music, more peaceful music there. You're going to go to the next one? Oh, uh, sorry, turn it off. Wrong, wrong song, wrong song. Not that peaceful, not that peaceful, okay. What about um, audience interaction? Hands up if you love audience interaction, participation. (laughs) Everyone else with their hands down. Squirming a little bit, stomachs tightening. The other thing I was sort of looking at today, just thinking about peace and what, what gives us peace, what steals our peace. I found some research from a, a university in the Netherlands And this research found that in a conversation, a period of silence more than four seconds leads to feelings of distress. People feel rejected. People feel uh, this pit in the stomach. This is kind of a conversation. I'm probably going to do most of the talking today. But I just want us to illustrate how fleeting peace can be, how easy it is to be in that calm, relaxed space, and then in a moment... It's snatched away. You know, there are so many things that rob us of our peace. There's trivial things like terrible music, the risk of public embarrassment from audience participation, or even a little bit of silence, which sometimes can be so peaceful, but at the wrong moment, awful, so awful. To, to maybe more, more serious things like conflict, health issues, relational strain, stress, Um, isolation, busyness, the list goes on and on and on. There's so much opposition we face to experiencing a peaceful life. What can be done about it? Well, God actually has a lot to say about peace. In the Bible, this word comes up more than 250 times. We won't be reading every single one of them, don't worry. But let's go to the first one, where Jesus is in... John 27, John 14, 27. We've, we've heard it today already, but um, we'll read it together. Again, it says, Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus speaking. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You see, the gift of peace 
It's freely available. It's a gift that God offers you. It's not like peace that the world gives. Peace that's dependent on your circumstances, on everything going well. It's a peace that is different. We don't just try and muster it up by breathing exercises or calming music. God's peace looks like this in Philippians 4, 7. It says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is where everything can be falling apart. Relationships, work, finances. But you can still have peace in the midst of that. Because it's from God. It doesn't make sense. It surpasses, it transcends understanding. And while we don't have to work for this peace, there are things, there are strategies we can do to help us to experience that peace today. And that's what we're going to talk about. And I've been very kind to you guys. I've got three points. They all start with the same letter. And they all have three syllables. So I hope you're impressed. Um, It took me a long time to come up with them. So the big idea today is that peace comes from God when we trust God in all areas of our lives. So the first one is to trust God's calendar. Trust his calendar. You know, sometimes I wonder if we lack peace because we try and do too much. How often do you ask your friends, how are you? How's it going? And people go, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so busy. There's so much going on. Does it have to be this way? Is it that we are born, we're tired, and we die? I don't think it has to be that way. I think when we look at Jesus and the way that he lived, we don't see a lot of examples of him being chronically tired all the time. Being saviour of the world is a full-time job, and Jesus accomplished a lot. But he took time to rest. He took some breaks. He was constantly interrupted, and yet he gave people his full attention. He was patient with people. Isn't our patience the first thing to go when we're tired? You know, I wonder if Google Calendar was around in Jesus' time. I wonder what kind of things Jesus would put on his calendar. People make fun of me. I use my Google Calendar for my whole life. I've got my sleep in there. I don't want to miss that. I've got all my meetings. I've got all my social engagements. But what did Jesus prioritize? I'm sure time and prayer would come up a lot. I'm sure times um, reading the Bible would come up a lot. You know, the more Jesus worked, the more Jesus prayed. He recognized that he needed times with his heavenly Father for refreshment, to be re-energized, to have his peace. Have you ever considered that there might be times in your day-to-day lives that God allows delays so that you have more time to pray. Maybe it's times waiting at the bus stop. Maybe it's times, I was asking Ruby earlier, when do you wait? And she says, oh, maybe sometimes at swimming, at a swim meet, I might be waiting for the next person to go. Maybe you're in traffic at a stoplight or a red light. Maybe those are times that you can pray. 
But Jesus was busy, but he made time to rest. I've got a few examples if you don't believe me. Mark 4, we read that there's this big storm. Jesus and his disciples are on a boat. And we read this. It says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with a cushion, with, on his head on a cushion. I love that little detail. When we rest, it's good to be comfortable. And there's another time Jesus was out for a long walk, and we read in John 4, we see that Jesus was tired from the day's journey, and so he went to sit down by a well. It's good to rest. Rest is doing something. I was recently listening to a podcast when some pastors are talking about burnout, and one of them said, I think rest is spiritual warfare. We face opposition that would love to see us run ourselves into the ground. But resting is doing something. You know, Jesus didn't just do spiritual things like praying and read the Bible. He did everyday things as well. He hung out with his friends. He ate meals. But he had this unique balance of worship and prayer, time in the Bible, time with friends and family, work and rest. And these are all good things. But I wonder if we try and live the lives of a successful 21st century modern person and we also try and live a life like Jesus and we try and live two lives at the same time and we wonder why we're always so tired. You can't do everything. Do you know what the best things are to do so that you can say no to opportunities that are just good. If you sat down and looked at your calendar and imagine what Jesus' calendar looked like, I wonder how those two would match up. All right, so let me illustrate it this way. Imagine your life is like this jug. I just colored it red so that you can see it a bit easier. So imagine that's your life, right? This jug here. Everyone see that? Vaguely. Yes. You might need to imagine. And let's say this is like a 21st century successful person. So you think of all the things you might do with your day. So, um, I mean, going to work, hanging out with friends and family. And I mean, these are all good things. And then maybe what, what is Jesus doing? What, you know, reading the Bible and, and praying. And we're doing things... That, that are all good, good things. There's only so much time in the day. We can only live one life. Are you trusting God with your calendar? This is a bit of fun, right? <laughs> good. Okay, next thing. The next thing, one of the strategies that we can use to cultivate God's peace in our lives is to trust his character. I wonder if we give away our peace when we let our thoughts run wild. We live our lives in tomorrow. You know, Jesus um, says to us in the book of Matthew, he says this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink, or enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than... There's a tree in my way. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the, 
of the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Yes. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. And then from verse 33, it says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. See, Jesus is saying, hey, it's going to be okay. You don't need to worry. God looks after the birds, and you are far more valuable than they are, so he is going to look after you as well. You don't need to worry, because worry doesn't help anything anyway. We are to seek the things of God over the things of this world. That's what we talked about when we trust God's priorities, his calendar. Does it mean we neglect the reasonable and daily duties of our lives? No. But if we take care of God's business as a priority, then he will take care of ours, as he promised. You know, I love that last thought in particular. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, I think about the times in my own life when I lack peace the most, and I think it's when I'm stressed out at what tomorrow will bring, about what next week will hold, about what next year might, what might happen. And I don't think God made us to be able to handle that much worry all at one time. Leave tomorrow's problems there. Just focus on today. What's the next thing? What's right in front of you? And trust Jesus to look after the rest. But how do we do that? (laughs) I hear you ask. Well, Paul gives us um, a strategy we can use in 2 Corinthians. And he says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, every day we face things that come up and that that tell us, you better worry about me. You know that um, assignment coming up or maybe you've got a deadline looming or you've got conflict or I don't know what, relational strain, financial stress. They say, worry, worry, worry. God says, don't worry. You have a choice here. We don't need to be drawn into this what-if thinking. What if that happens? What if that comes to pass? It's where we consider hundreds of different potential negative outcomes that could arise, and we just mull them over. God gives us a better way. And I like to think of it like this. I think I've got a photo here. Imagine your mind is like an airport runway, and you are the air traffic controller. You're like this person here with a cool little headset. And in an air traffic control tower, planes come in, pilots say, hey, I'd like to land on, your, on the runway. And the air traffic controller has to give the green light, yep, you're free to land, or says, no, sorry, we're diverting you somewhere else. And it's the same with these thoughts. I don't think we can stop these negative thoughts popping into our heads, but we can choose not to dwell on them. We can say... No way, Jose, you can't land here. I'm going to send you somewhere else. I'm not going to think about those worries and dwell on them. 
But it's not just hopeful thinking or wishful thinking. It's truth that's ground, it's grounded in the truth about God. And so we can choose to change our thinking into what is instead of what if, what is. And we know that God is good. We know that he cares about us. We looked at that just before. And there's this promise that God offers us with a style of thinking. In Philippians chapter 4, it says this. From verse 8, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. You see, God's peace, the peace of God will be with us when we direct our thinking to things above, things of God that are, that are good. When we direct our time, our calendar, and our priorities, then that is how we experience God's peace. So I've got one final strategy, and this is potentially, I say, the best for last. Um, the third one is to trust God's counsellor. Trust God's counsellor. I know I haven't talked a lot about Christmas yet, but that's why we're here. Every year, we, at this time of year, we direct our focus into the birth of one person, the birth of Jesus Christ. What's so important about this one person that we have music and malls and we decorate trees and we give presents and we have all of these things that come with this season? Well, it's been read beautifully for us already, but we'll read it again. It says, Prophet Isaiah, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is Jesus we're talking about. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's also described as a Wonderful Counselor. You know, God, God's got your back. He wants to, how does, what does a counselor do? They guide us. They direct us. When you're lacking peace, we can go to him and he will give us direction. We can be sure that Jesus listens to us. He's, you know, the Bible says that we are to pray and we are to tell God the things that trouble us. Pray to him at all times. We can also be sure that God has our best interests at heart because he loves us. In John 3.16, it's so famous, but it says this, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, the final thing that can rob us of our peace is that we don't know Jesus, the Prince of Peace. It's where peace comes from. I wonder if you believed in Jesus Christ for yourself today. Have you experienced the peace of having your relationship with your Heavenly Father restored with God? The Bible says that um, our sin, the, the, the wrong stuff we do, separates us from God. It's things like lying, stealing. It's anything that misses the mark. But God wasn't okay that we were separate, that he was separate from his people. And so he 
made a plan. He sent Jesus to earth as a child. And Jesus lived this perfect life. He never sinned. He never missed the mark. And it meant that when he died, because he was perfect, he rose again. He rose again three days later, and now he offers us this life, this, this new life. When we put our hope and our trust in Jesus, then the price for our sin, the wrong stuff, we don't have to pay that anymore. I wonder if you thought Christianity is about trying to not swear or clean up your behavior and trying to do good things. It's, I wonder if you thought it's about trying to attend church enough times, trying to earn God's favor, pray enough times. Christianity isn't about what we do, it's about what Jesus has done for us. All we have to do is put our faith and our trust in Jesus and we get this peace for ourselves. We have the relationship with God restored. If you'd like to know how to, to meet Jesus for yourself, there's so many of us here that would love to help you do that. You can come talk to me afterwards or Dave's up the front or whoever. Or maybe turn to the person you came with. They'd love to introduce you to Jesus. It's why we're, we're all here. As we come into close, though, I wonder, maybe that's not for you today. Um, and maybe the band wants to come up, but maybe what's a step that you can take? Are you curious about this message of peace that you haven't experienced for yourself? We maybe come check out our services. Um, we've got services for the next two weeks um, in person, and over the summer months you can tune in online from wherever you are, whenever um, you want, and we talk about Jesus every single week. Maybe you want to read the Bible and hear what Jesus said for yourself. I'd love to give you a Bible or you can find one online for free. Um, I've got one on my phone. But I just challenge you to think about maybe what what has God put on your heart today? Is it around your calendar? Are there some things you need to start doing or stop doing or tweak a little bit? Is it around God's character? Are there some thoughts you've been letting run wild and you maybe need to send those off somewhere else? Or is it accepting Jesus' counsel? Can I encourage you to tell someone what's one practical thing you could, you could do and share it with the person next to you afterwards? Let's encourage each other as we, we don't live in very peaceful times. Um, so as a community, let's help each other um, experience that free gift of God's peace together. I'll pray and then hand over to the band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Jesus, we thank you that you're so good. We thank you that you offer us your peace. We thank you that you love us. God, I pray that you would um, yeah, continue to work through the rest of our service today. I thank you that you brought each and every one of us here today. Uh, and I believe for a reason. So God, we give you the rest of our time. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.